Hello, Dan. Are you surprised? This is what you've reduced me to. I guess you thought you'd get away with it. Well, you can't. Because <laughs> part of you is growing inside of me, and that's a fact, Dan, and you'd better start learning how to deal with it. <laughs> because, you know, I, I feel you. I taste you. I think you. I touch you. Can you understand? Can you? I'm just asking you to acknowledge your responsibilities. <laughs> Is that so bad? <laughs> I don't think so. I, I don't think it's unreasonable. And, you know, another thing is that you thought that you could just walk into my life and turn it upside down without a thought for anyone but yourself. I'm not gonna be ignored, Dan. Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent here with Kevin, Kat, and Dave. Hello. 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 Hi. Follow us on Instagram at Speak All Evil Pod. Big breaking news. Guys, I just read the news hours ago. 28 years later is happening. Wow, it's official. It is? It's official. Oh, it's, okay. It's hitting the studios and the streamers for a pitch next week. Okay. It is going to be directed by Danny Boyle. It is going to be written by Alex Garland. The band is back together. What? Not only that, it's going to be a trilogy. They've been sitting on this thing, developing this idea for years now. They talk about everyone. We talked about how they pop up every once in a while and tease yeah. everyone. And it was like 28 months, and then they're like, oh, it's been right. way more than that. So it's, oh, it's going to be 28 years. Do you mean All that right. the film 28 years later is going to be split into three films? Three films. Oh, a trilogy. Okay. Yeah. So it's a jump. trilogy within a trilogy. Yes. Trills, Interesting. Trill well, that, like, this is like the Strangers route. Yes. Yeah. Still waiting for... I mean, I guess any casting news because like they were talking about no like Killian Murphy coming back and they uh, yep did not get that. The all we know is I mean, that this is breaking today. You today, hours ago, to the podcast with this. That's right, and I waited until wow. you hit record. <laughs> wow. You really saved it for the pod. I nice saved job. it for the pod. <laughs> dropped it on us. Uh, also today, uh, more breaking news: David Bruckner, our old friend, writing and directing a Blob remake. You saw that, Kevin? I did. Yes. Uh, interesting. That I did have. Interesting. It is. Didn't love the Hellraiser. No, I w actually recently rewatched that to see oh, yeah. if, like, maybe I was like too overhyped. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not that great. It was fine. It just I thought the the whole drug angle, the addiction metaphor. You had a, you, you so we like, had like a series of films where you had a real issue with that particular I, I, no, like I, angle, and in that movie, yeah. but <clears throat> I don't know what it is like, uh, and. And again, like having recently rewatched the whole Alien franchise, some of the films and the Hellraiser remake was like this. It's just too dark. Like mm, a lot of the dark. scenes where the Cenobites and things were like in in the in the scene, it was just dark, like poorly yeah. lit. I mean, yeah. And Bretner pulled that off pretty well in like the Night House and the Ritual and some of that. But I don't know the Hellraiser. It just I don't know. It didn't tie together well. I, I like the drug angle with Hellraiser because 
It's like a, you know, like pot could be like a gateway drug to the gate, the Hellraiser cube. You know what I mean? You get into the dark, seedy parts of, sure. uh, you know, these dealings with these people, the dark web and all that. So I don't think the drug aspect is that far off, uh, you know. Yeah, no, it made sense. It just, uh, I well. just felt like it was it was hammered so hard. It was just so. I just thought it was over. I mean, the first scene. Oh, she's a, she's an addict. She's gonna. Oh, I get it. You know, I don't know. Just was a little much for me. Yeah, I didn't like it either. Anybody see anything uh, since last week? Yeah, I've been kind of going through a couple new ones, and then some movies that I just have always skipped over streaming. Yeah. So one of them is the Clove Hitch Killer. Or the Clove Hitch murder, like whatever. Yeah, yeah sounds yeah. familiar. I, yeah. I, you've skipped over like a thousand times on every streaming uh, service. Uh, it's okay. It's based on like BTK. Mm. It's, oh, it's wow. fictional, but it's okay. based on BTK. Um, I love BTK. Hev- heavily inspired by that. <laughs> you may like this movie. It's a lot more coming of age than it is like horror. So mm. it's about his uh, the killer's son. And oh, wow. kind of discovering that his dad is a serial killer, which I'm not spoiling anything. It's literally yeah. he's on the cover of the movie. Huh. Um, so I watched that, and then I I grabbed a couple like recent ones, like All Fun and Games is one. Um, the kid from uh, Flux Gourmet, okay, is in that. Um, it's about like uh, takes place in Salem, so I had to give it a shot. We're right in the throes of of judging short films yeah. for the Salem Horror Fest that's coming yeah. up. Um, and basically, like, they find a knife from a witch back in, like, the witch trial days. And for some reason, it possesses you to play kids' games that obviously don't go well. It's terrible. Not mm. not even worth <laughs> Sounds it. Sounds bad. Yeah, yeah, it's real bad. Uh, my Best Friend's Exorcism, terrible. Um, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, brand new hit streaming. I thought I'd check it out. Um, and then I watched uh, Kyle Gallner is somebody that just the keeps passenger. coming up. I watched The Passenger. How was it? I just came uh, came across that. It's pretty good. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, Gallner's great in it. Yeah. It's incredibly to the point. Yeah. So it is what you think it is. Yeah. Uh, once the movie gets going, it does not deviate. <laughs> um, it's it's a very straight era. But I, I, thought it was, I thought it was very well done. Hmm. Kat, you seen anything? I watched The Holdovers. Oh, how was With that? With Paul Giamatti. <laughs> it was beautiful. Oh, it was a great nice. film. It was it very good. It was good. It was yeah, cute. Nice. I cried. I had a moment. But it was Aww. great. I know. It was like, you know, like a not a horror movie at all. Yeah. Just, no, no, yeah. Just a family friendly not really family friendly. Just a you know, an emotional comedy drama. Dramedy. Looks fun. But it won a bunch of friggin' globes, bro. Yeah. Paul Giamatti won a globe for it. I you know, if I wasn't straight out. With this stuff, I, I would I, I have interest in the holdovers definitely. I watched the movie White Noise. Mm. Oh wow! Like early aughts. Uh, Adam Driver. No, it's I, a new. That's a newer one. It's oh, based okay. on the novel. Yeah, yeah. Noah. Bomb- James Elroy. Noah Baumbach. Noah or Baumbach made, right. is the director. Yeah, yeah. Based right. on the Elroy novel. Uh, Del, uh, no, no, it's uh, Don DeLeo. Don DeLeo. Yes, I always get them um, confused. I watched that, and then that reminded me a lot of. Bo is Afraid. So I watched Bo is Afraid again. For the eighth time? <laughs> no, we're at the fifth time. Wow. Oh, okay. But reckoning okay. it, you know, three and a half hours, it's a lot. Yeah. Most people like to know, like, how many hours of my life you that is. You spent the day so, of I mean, your life with this movie. I'm like, you're, at some <laughs> oh, point, wait. you'll have an entire day of your life will have been spent with Bo is Afraid. I hope so. Mm. Uh, speaking of Salem, I went to Salem, and I went to Cinema Salem. The site of the uh, Salem Horror Fest last weekend, they uh, that's in April, but they were doing a late night screening of opera 
the oh. uh, Dario Argento movie we talked about. Mm-hmm. They they do really cool because um, Kay, the woman who started Salem Horror Fest, she's the program director at Cinema Salem now, and so she does tons of cool. You know, they'll show what they need to show during the day, and then they'll do horror screenings on Friday and Saturday night. So I went down to see opera, and um, the guy from Cinematic Void was there. They do this thing called January Jalo, where they go around the country to different small indie theaters, and they show different Jalo movies. And he's talked a little bit before the movie. Really fun to see that on the big screen. Uh, and I also checked out Piranha 2, The Spawning. Uh, you said you I, threatened us with that. I, I had, <laughs> had to do it. I had to check out the first James Cameron um, director job. Not good by, by any means. Did you know it's Flying Fish? Wow. No, they fly. So. Oh, okay. nice. Yeah, they they've been engineered to fly. It's uh it's it's you don't really you would never know that it was James Cameron and there's some dispute about how much he directed and how much the producer directed. Cameron didn't have much control supposedly. There are a bunch of diving underwater scenes that reminded me of the abyss that maybe showed some Cameron flair if he directed those. It's it's not even clear. It's a VOD. I mean if you really want to see it, um it's a big cast of characters. It takes place in a resort, so there's all these wacky characters and a lot of funny dialogue, a lot of boobs. A lot of quirky stuff going on, but um, so like Jaws too. If they, just, it, they just did, they did it again. <laughs> yeah, if if it hits streaming, if it hits Shutter uh, late night, I would maybe give it a spin. I I wouldn't recommend you know go out and rent this movie like I did, but I did it for you. Thank you. I appreciate Thank you. that. This week, bitches be crazy. We <laughs> it's, it's cats week. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you didn't want to say it. I don't. Well, I, you know me. I don't like that kind of language. Yeah, um, yeah. I, try yeah. to stay away from those kinds of jokes. I know it's ironic, and we're sort of taking it back. And oh, I'm taking it back. All of that stuff. I'm allowed to say it. I am one. <laughs> we're gonna start with a 1987 classic that started it all: Fatal Attraction. For Dan Gallagher, life is good. He's on the rise at his New York law firm, is happily married to his wife, Beth, and has a loving daughter. But after a casual fling with a sultry book editor named Alex, everything changes. Jilted by Dan, Alex becomes unstable, her behavior escalating from aggressive pursuit to obsessive stalking. Dan realizes that his main problem is not hiding his affair, but rather saving himself and his family. I'm not going to be ignored, Dan. Woo, what a crazy little sexy thrill ride this one was. We loved it. Loved it. In thinking about this movie, for some reason, I always thought that they had like this drawn out, like weeks long kind of affair, that they had been yeah, like the thick of it for like a little while. And yeah. that's why like she was so attached to this little squirrely lawyer man. <laughs> um, but no, no, no. She was just a stage five clinger right from the jump. Honestly, he probably should have just known by her lack of defined eyebrows and crazy eyes that Mm. she uh, was going to uh, be the way that she was. But then she does that thing that we've all experienced in some way or another where someone says no and they're like, no, but like, come on. But like, it's fine. We'll just do that. And he fell for it. And that's how we got dragged into this whole business. In that moment, you know that she's in charge and things are going to be her way or the highway. Mm. And the highway involves a boiled rabbit. <laughs> that gets it. That's oh my, What a week for the pets. Yeah. Hoss and uh, <laughs> uh, While Glenn Close is obviously in the wrong here, 
obviously. I'm not going to be team Glenn Close um, in this situation. I just want to say, though, that Michael Douglas has made some choices in this film. He's a piece of shit. He's a piece of shit, obviously. Like, you know, a lot of these movies start where it's like, oh, he's so neglected and his wife doesn't, oh, she's never home and blah, blah, blah. And that's why he cheated. No, 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 no. He just wanted some strange for a second. And that's, you know, so right off the bat, his fault, obviously. He probably shouldn't have prolonged their one night stand. He shouldn't have fallen for her. Like, no, spend the day with me. Well, you just don't hang give out with up. Your you don't take no for an answer, do you? <laughs> Let's go to the park. Dude, that's not. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, that. how is that attractive? Anyway, whatever. I digress. He probably also um, should have worn a prophylactic, mm. maybe. Hmm? I'm sorry. This is the AIDS era. Yeah, he, you're just going to cheat and then just be like, yeah, just raw dogging it. <laughs> he should have just blown her off. After this night of passion. Mm. But I think even if he did that, she would have tracked him down anyway, obviously. Um, Because if there's one thing that we know about Alex, it's that she will not be ignored, Dan. Ooh, because that's a line in the movie. I'm not going to be ignored, (laughs) Dan. (laughs) It was just... um, I and and we'll get into this. I think because we were kind of talking about it before. I can't wait to get. Was into all she of it. really pregnant? Let's it could have been a ruse. I can't wait. She could have just been like, I don't know. There's this whole ep- like as soon as she started going for the family is when she went from like crazy like obsessed stalker to like murdery stalker because she could have just been like, hey girl. Husband cheated. Like, what are we going to do about it? They could have had, like, a solidarity moment. Like, really put Michael Douglas in his place. Um, But instead, she's just, like, she takes um, her rejection out on this family and and tries Mm. to make them suffer for it. Which takes it to a whole new horrific level. Obviously makes the film what it is today. In conclusion, I would say that this movie holds up uh, perfectly for... Uh, today's climate Mm. Um, it expertly portrays the musings of a mentally ill woman who longs for being wanted and just won't stand this kind of rejection and a man who gravely underestimates the severity of a woman scorned a man who gravely underestimates the fact that he has an unbelievably hot awesome wife and child at home What's wrong with this picture? His child is hot. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Not what I meant. Ellen was her name. (laughs) I thought she was a boy. Me too. For a little while. Me too, until the school scene. And they were like, "Uh, she's gone. She was picked up. And I was like, who the fuck are they talking about? (laughs) I was like, what an interesting name for a son. Ellen. That's crazy. Anyway, I saw this movie when I was way too young to be seeing this movie. Mm. And definitely never revisit it. So when you had announced your picks last week, I couldn't remember which one I had and had not seen, but I knew that it had been a very long time. And I was really shocked by like the act, the tension of this movie. There's no mystery in this movie. He, nope. like, you know what this is. She done it. Yeah, <laughs> she, she done it. Bunnies, you know, you name oh. it. She did it. But I was really surprised. Like some of them are like a little bit cliche scenes that we see a ton. Like uh, I love those scenes where, like you mentioned, Kat, instead of like, you know, just going full on psychotic, she does like the really painful scenes where like he walks into his apartment and she's sitting with his wife. Like those types Ugh. of scenes, they've been done a million times. But mm-hmm. when they're done well, they just make your skin crawl. Like you're sitting there, like, mm. oh god, I'm uncomfortable. Um, oh. And then you go through the internal oh. struggle of like. But wait, that bastard should get busted. But ooh, don't like, oh, can you just keep quiet? Like (laughs) the whole, like you're going through the internal struggle that Douglas's character is supposed to be. My blood was running cold. (laughs) Yeah, it's... 
Um, Glenn Close, I, I thought it was interesting when I was reading on the movie that she basically had to fight for this role, that they did yes. not want her. Yeah, they didn't think that they sh- that she could pull off uh, this type of role because she had been just very innocent and likable. Uh, she kills this. So eyebrows yeah. aside, she's so she's good. Like yeah. eyebrows, the frizzy hair, the crazy eyes, like oh all God. of it. The forehead, and, like, <laughs> like <laughs> Simeon brow is accentuated by the no eyebrows. But her ability in in single scenes to go from ridiculously classy to just like. Fucking nuts! Yeah, really well done. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of a lot of movies like this, like they'll show a progression over time. So it'll and, and obviously things get worse as this movie goes on in terms of her actions. But I love that right from the get go, after the silly like weekend they spend together, she's just like, and I just slip my wrist, and like, it's oh so my quick, God. like out of nowhere. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. Like that's a very heavy scene Bunch that of you those forget because another yeah. hour and a half has to go by with increasingly. You know, crazier stuff. So, yeah, I was I was skeptical this week that you were going to get beat up about. Uh, okay, these aren't horror movies, cat. Like, mm. what are you doing? Bitches be crazy, and bitches be crazy for Michael Douglas, which I <laughs> don't get, but whatever. It's not horror. <laughs> uh, this actually would would f- more firmly fit into the horror category than a whole bunch of other movies yes. that, that we've done on the show. Yes, uh, and I was shocked that it was directed by Adrian Lin. I'm sure we talked about him in the Jacob's Ladder episode. Yep, but like it makes sense that this guy would go on to do Indecent Proposal. And he would Ooh. basically do uh, the reverse of this movie and do a movie called Unfaithful in the early aughts. <gasps> right, Richard Oh, my Gere God, just, Unfaithful. Yeah, it's, just, it's this movie, but just swap genders. But Flashdance, we had Flash to have Dance. brought that up in the Jacob's Ladder episode. I don't we remember. We talked but about it nine and a half weeks. Who is this guy? Who is what? this guy? He did a ton. Yeah, it's amazing. So, yeah, this was awesome. I had a fucking blast watching it. Michael Douglas is a man who's typecast as a dude that fucks. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, it's, like, it's amazing now looking back. What did this guy I have? Poor I know. Like, he must look HPV. back on his life in his, in his golden what, years. What'd you say? What'd you say? <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway. I was looking forward to saying Glenn Close but no cigar this week. But, I mean, <sighs> that, it closer than close. I mean, it was... Perfect performance, I thought. Uh, I like that her character isn't... A lot of times when we see these revenge movies, you have some woman that suddenly has like these espionage techniques, and they're all coy, and they're going underneath the infrared you know, security beam and whatever, uh, and she's just pure frenetic passion as she just loses her cool and it's total like psychotic break bipolar shit that is way more scary and it's way more realistic and you know i i put this uh you know there are a lot of movies like before this that did a lot with like the psychological horror and you know even stuff like uh like carrie even though that has a very supernatural thing to it i think this is more in line with movies like that horror movies that are based around someone having like a mental break um yeah although even a lot of yes exactly a lot of times we see that from in horror movies when it's their perspective and you you have the pov of someone that's crazy yes then it's like oh this is horror yes but now this one you're just watching as a bystander uh, and you're you're an onlooker to someone being crazy, and I thought it was very realistic. And um, I I loved like the sick shit, like 
uh, when she was nervously like cutting her own leg mm. as she, as she got yeah. more intense with her conversation <laughs> with uh, Beth. And I thought that the way the fight scene with Michael Douglas after the, the car crash and all that, that fight scene between him and Glenn Close is fucking amazing. The way it's shot, they're throwing each other around. It's like way more passionate than all their sex scenes. Uh, that's a pretty good kitchen yeah, sex a, scene. Yeah, the elevator as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> the only thing that went down. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, I've I've always liked this movie. I like these erotic thrillers from this time. This is like Cinemax meets horror. Uh, yeah. But I've always loved this one, and I still do. This is <laughs> the greatest erotic thriller where neither lead is particularly attractive by today's standards of all time. <laughs> Michael Douglas, I would He's disagree. a funny looking guy, isn't he? He, he fucks. Is. I don't get he it. He fucks. I know he fucks. He went on from here to, to do basic instinct with Sharon Stone. But if to you do saw if closure. you saw him walking down the street, would you be like, wow, what a handsome man? No, I'd be no like, you wouldn't even. grandmother is yeah, he? <laughs> and, and this was what he was, <laughs> he? He was I would be like, point. who let that hobbit out of the Shire? <laughs> he, would, he would go on to do Disclosure with the Demi Moore. I mean, this guy had it all. It's amazing looking, but I just, I don't really get it. I think if it's me and it's Michael Douglas, I just think I have a chance. <laughs> it, okay? Yeah, I, well, I'd, I give wow. I'd give you that. I'd give you that. I love this movie so much. I hadn't seen this since I was a kid. I saw it in the theater, and I was reminded what a sensation this was at the time. This was so big, $14 million budget, $320 million box office. Fuck yeah. Everybody. Ooh, 1987, man. Everybody saw this movie. The haircut. She made a haircut. You remember the Jennifer Aniston haircut? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. She made a haircut out of being a psychopath. People were going to salon saying, give me the crazy bitch cut. I want to look like the bunny boiler. It was amazing. This song that- inspired Buck Cherry's hit single. No. Yeah, I have no uh, idea. Yes. <laughs> you had us there for a second. I, I could watch these movies for days, both movies this week. I love this stuff. We just talked about Dead Calm, the whole genre of the late 80s, 90s thriller. And like you said, Kevin, this is a straight-out horror movie. I think both of them are. These are just movies that were made at a time when studios didn't see horror movies late 80s, though Slasher Boom is over, early 90s. Studios didn't see horror movies as being financially viable. They weren't going to make a bunch of money with a horror movie. So you have all of these quote-unquote thrillers, erotic thrillers. They're targeted toward an adult audience. They're marketed in such a way. But when you watch it, it's just a slasher movie. It's a slasher you know. And uh, I, I read well. I read some contem- contemporaneous reviews of the, the next movie we're going to talk about. And some of the reviewers just called it a slasher movie. Mm-hmm. Which you know you wouldn't think now, but when you go back and watch these straight out horror, I mean, this ending is Michael Myers all the way. I loved every minute of this, and like you said too, my blood was just oh man, I was so uncomfortable. I I, I felt for both characters really equally. I mean, I really could feel for both of them. I could feel for his sheer terror and the way she just escalates 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 every time the phone rings or she shows up at the office or whatever it is the school you're going oh my god what have i done folks i have learned a lot of lessons in my life Mm -hmm. one of those lessons which i you know a lot of lessons i've learned many times you know it takes me a long time i have to learn the lesson over and over don't put it where you don't want to be bro do not this guy you were talking about this cat. Now, he says when they're at the restaurant, he says, well, it's up to you. 
It's going to be totally up to you. He's just that, said, well, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm definitely going to do it. I'm married with a child, but I'm definitely going to fuck you as long as you, if you say it, I'm go. And then, like you said about uh, birth control protection condom, later on, he's just like, uh, so what, you, you don't, you're using anything? This is way yeah, after the fact. It? A little late. A little late to be asking. I'm just surprised in this era that, I don't know, man, they, they knew how to do these um, erotic thrillers in those days had erotic sex scenes in them. Mm-hmm. They didn't dance around it. They showed people getting down. That was part of the show. So much fun. Adrian Lin, man, what a run he had. All those movies. So good. We didn't mention um, he directed Lolita with Jeremy Irons, which was a really oh. good one. Um, Big bomb, though. Yeah, didn't do anything. It was kind of a more of an art house thing. I, I saw it at the old um, Movies on Exchange. Uh, also, I didn't even know um, this is a TV show now. 2023, there's a Fatal yeah. Attach- uh, Attraction TV show. Yeah, canceled after the first season. Oh, was it? Yep. Okay, well, the, the screenplay was written by James Dearden. Uh, this was based on a short film from 1980 of Dearden's that he directed called Division, and he would go on to um, to the 2023 series. I didn't know it was already canceled. Yeah, I'm bummed. I, I may check it out. It's on Paramount+. Plus. Lizzie Kaplan, Joshua Jackson, and Amanda Peet are oh. the uh, trio. Amanda Peet. Is she the Amanda wife? Pete is Beth. Yeah. Uh, Lizzie Kaplan, pretty, probably pretty well cast mm-hmm. as Alex. Did you know that Adrian Lynn made a comeback last year or year before last now, 2022? He directed a movie called Deep Water, an erotic psychosexual thriller starring Ben Affleck and Anna de Armas. What's her name? Uh, I know that Anna movie. Anna de Armas. <laughs> yeah. I know yeah. that movie. That's pretty, pretty good. Oh, you saw that? Sexy. Yeah. It's pretty good. Are video rentals included in the um, overall profit of this film? Or is it box office no. only? It, I believe the $320 million is just box office. Yeah, I believe that that's number. That's box office. Yeah. Because yeah. people probably rented this movie oh, a lot. Oh, this was prime VHS. Rewound oh, a couple yeah. scenes <laughs> a couple times probably. Well, this was also, I definitely didn't see it in the theater, but this was another, it probably was Skidamax. Mm. This was, I saw this a bunch when I was far too young to be seeing it, probably staying up like after nine. Everything but the kitchen sink. Both, um, <laughs> no, everything. Both movies this week, including, including the kitchen sink. But yeah, both movies have the uh, kitchen sink seeds. Great. Both movies just had me wanting to just like swipe the the flowers and the the plates and the craisins and everything <laughs> off right off the table. The table. Yeah. The craisins. <laughs> the craisins. <laughs> wow. Making a trail mix. <laughs> I'm so ready to fuck get those craisins out of here. <laughs> yeah. So just to get back to um, to Alex here, do we? I know we learned that she lied about her dad being right. dead. Well, she told the truth first, and then she said, "And nah, then just she's kidding. like, <laughs> yeah, yeah." But you see in her eyes when she says it the first time that she's real, and that she's like, "Oh, just kidding." <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, oh, that's so sad. Okay. So sad." Yeah, at that moment, again, there's so many moments in which he could have just been like. Nah. Walk away, bro. Walk, Walk oh, But it was away. too late. Too Literally, late. as soon as he left that dinner table to go have uh, kitchen that's when sex, it's too late. that's when it's too late. You know when it's too late? Right then. When, when, it's, when you're inside, that's when that's you're too when, late. When it's inside, it's over. But we don't learn anything else really about her pet. Like, has she done this before? Like, mm. is she a habitual stalker? You know what I mean? Like, what happened to just make her, like, right. you know, like flip the switch? Which I think is, it makes her a specific... I don't know, very Michael Myersy. We don't, you know, well, I guess no. We know more about Michael Myers than we do about her. Yes, we you do. Know? Yeah, true. So, <laughs> anyway. I, I mean, you mentioned, Trent, how this was just bonkers everywhere. 
But this also, part of the major success of this for the theatrical run and Cat, to your point, probably a home video and all that. This was like Dr. Phil. This was like Oprah. That's right. I mean, oh, this yeah. sparked like- This was a discourse. Every, yeah. Before I mean, there was discourse. Fatal Attraction yes. is a term. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, both movies this week have firmly planted themselves in, as like just terms. Right. But this was yeah. everywhere. And the big debate was, well, whose fault was it? That's right. She just a crazy bitch? Mm. Or, hey, how much uh, culpability does Frodo have here? Like, what's going on? <laughs> I like to imagine that <clears throat> if I put my penis inside something, that I might not be able to take it out. <laughs> That's right. That's and that, you know what I mean? That's you might be tethered to this person forever, and you have That's to right. make a choice based on this tethering of emotions and everything that comes with it. That's right. Mm. His fault. I mean, it's his fault, but it shouldn't have come with... That steep of a price tag would be uh, this is the way I see it, and I and I sympathize with her. I read some really interesting quotes from Glenn Close. She said that she never played Alex as a villain. She didn't go into it thinking I'm playing the villain of this movie. She went into it I'm playing a a disturbed and damaged and hurt person who's acting crazy, and that really I think it really comes off in her performance that she is very sympathetic as a performer, Mm -hmm. and it it made me sympathetic as much as I was cringing and dying for uh, Dan, I was also like feeling just very um, empathetic for her. I I remember um, at the local (laughs) pub recently, the girl that talked to us that did the karaoke and looked right right in the eyes when she was singing... What'd she say? She kind of had a Glenn Close vibe. Not her look, um, but, but what was her the story. song? Cat's question is valid. What song was she singing? Uh, I didn't know the song, but it was about killing someone because they didn't love them. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, and she was talking about her dead family and estranged children. Mm. It was all in the it was song all very, or It has the loneliness that okay. Glenn Close has here. No, in real life, not in the song lyrics. Heard. Okay. I was thinking about how this is all pre-cell phone, too. You had to do all this crazy stalking and this whole affair. I mean, it's it's easier and harder now. It's easier to do and harder to hide nowadays. Back then, you had to call landlines. You could always unplug it from the wall. Yeah, both movies brought me back to a very strange time of telephones and computers. The next movie has like a real crazy <laughs> computer scene that I'm like, wow, I bet like back in the day, this was mind-blowing. Uh, Fred Gwynn. Is in this for a minute. Oh yeah, played Judd Crandall in mm. Pet Cemetery. Also, I believe the father from Beverly Hills Nine Hundred Two One Zero is in the um, the book party scene for just one minute. Oh, he spills that. he spills the guys the big guys drink. He He's brushes by. Honey, yeah. I shrunk the kids too. I believe. Ah, oh, I'm surprised nobody else. You didn't see that, Kevin? Beverly no, Hills Nine Hundred Two One Zero. Dad, no. What? Nine Hundred Two. He wasn't. He he just had a quick roll. He walked by and he spilled the guys' drink on him. Cool. Yeah. Shout out fruit roll-ups in this. They love fruit roll-ups in this. Shout out you can't do that on television. Oh, yeah, slimed. Yeah, slimed. Get, slimed. Kids watch it get slimed. Wow, so many memories coming back from this movie. What does she do? Does she pour acid on the car? Is that I what happened? I believe it's some kind of acid. I yeah. couldn't figure it out. I was like, yeah. is it oatmeal? What a move. Really hot oatmeal. Forget keying the car. Dump acid all over it. That's yeah. Just that, honestly, just that shot where he's like in the elevator that's moving and you just see her in the yes. background just like, mm. and I'm like, oh, oh, it's not gonna be any sex in this elevator. So many incredible shots in this, subtle shots. There's the scene where he's trying to open the umbrella in the rain. He's got it right at his crotch level and it, and it opens and it 
breaks, you know, opens the wrong way, and she comes up, oh, hi, you need help. And then later he's like opening the wine bottle against his... Can you cr- stop gesturing at us, please? <laughs> <laughs> I'm acting out. You're I'm acting out all right at me, dude. <laughs> he's, this is this his is fatal guy, attraction. This is Day of the Beast. That's oh, our friend. No. We podcast <laughs> on the podcast, but he's naked all the time and jerking off. It's filled with those kind of uh, little subtle shots, or maybe not so subtle. <laughs> mm. Um, are we, we, no, are we going to talk? Go, was she pregnant go. or was she not pregnant? I don't think she was. Well, in real life, Glenn Close was pregnant, no. which oh, is really? crazy. Yes. What? She found out like during filming that she was actually pregnant. So the whole end scene wow. and all that, she was actually pregnant. Well, this might not be a spoiler or not. I don't wow. know. But I watched, I think it was a, a sequel to this anal attraction. Which Jesus. definitely not pregnant. Thank you, Dave. If that was the, the question. Okay. I believe that she was. I I, <laughs> I don't think she was. She gave Dan, Michael Douglas, she gave him the number of her doctor. He said, I called the guy and he said, congratulations. I don't know what she told him. You know, the doctor told him that she's pregnant. Yeah, but I don't know what she told him. She could have just told her oh, doctor. I, I see. Right. I'm, I'm right. late. I took sure. a home pregnancy test and the doctor could have been right. like, all right, we'll set everything up. And she yeah, could have been like, that's well. That's true. If, if the father that. calls, he, he, here's his name. Just tell him, yep, we're a go. That's true, but I don't why think would she you, was really pregnant? But why would then why would he call the doctor for verification if but, when the doctor would wouldn't do you think the doctor would think it was strange that this guy's just calling when the doctor hasn't even examined her yet? Not if she set the whole thing up. Right. No, I didn't mm. think of that. That's a good point. Okay, I guess we don't really know. In the alternate ending, there's a midwife in the bathtub. <laughs> when she goes in and they deliver the baby right there and it's a happy there, there was um, the original ending was different the original ending she killed herself sliced her own throat with a knife um, studio didn't framed like it framed him that's cool framed right with the knife that he had touched uh, yeah framed him yeah yeah Glenn Close fought that ending apparently the original script was much more horror Oh, really? But to your point, I bet because this was horror was not pulling in money at the box office I wonder if that's why they kind of turned up the heat a little bit, so to speak. But yeah, she fought for the ending to... She thought it was a better ending for her character. But everything I read, and Glenn Close has said since, that the audience kind of needed that like catharsis. Yeah. That uh, in terms of so like a good. blockbuster film, it yes. kind of wraps itself up a little I, bit better. I wouldn't like, have liked it as much the other way. The mm-hmm. way that this ends is just, wow, I loved it. So good. When you talk about the, the studio's having issue with horror being a big seller and, and making everything into a thriller. It makes me just picture like supernatural angles to uh, all these uh, 90s thrillers and 80s thrillers, like, you know, or maybe, you know, Glenn Close was supposed to wear like a mask. It, and it she would, didn't. Yeah, it wouldn't take much, just a little bit of psychic <laughs> right. power, and, you know? Could have, could have that. John Carpenter was originally approached to direct this. He turned it down. He thought it was too similar to play Misty for me. From 1971. <gasps> I've never seen that. Sounds oh, good, though. I almost picked that one with oh, this one. Really? Yeah, it's oh, got Clint man. Eastwood. It's basically the yeah. same thing. Yeah, but I didn't because I thought they might be a too little similar. bit too similar. I'd, I'd like yeah. to see that. You mentioned uh, Glenn Close fighting for this. There were a ton of actresses that were considered for this. Originally, um, Isabella Johnny was wanted by Lynn. Yeah. Ellen Barkin, Deborah Winger, Susan Sarandon, Jessica Lange, Melanie Ooh. Griffith, Michelle Pfeiffer, everyone <gasps> who is... Wow. Anyone was considered, and and Glenn Close beat him out. If nothing else, this film makes you feel a little good about yourself, and maybe some cr- things that you think you've done in the past that are, you think are a little bit crazy. But then, right. 
you watch this and you're like, well, at least I've never boiled a rabbit. You never <laughs> Right. <laughs> That's never, so funny. I was thinking, well, at least I, I've school. never made this big of a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I really haven't accomplished enough yet. I need to get a rabbit. <laughs> I've never <laughs> drowned a scorned lover in a bathtub and killed a rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Cats, next pick for this week from 1992, Single White Female. Having recently split from fiancé Sam, Allison welcomes new roommate Hedra into her rent-controlled New York apartment. The young women quickly form a bond, but as Allison starts to rethink her engagement, Hedra grows jealous and hostile. As Allison learns new details about her roommate's life, Hedra gets violent in her efforts to get Sam out of the picture. With Hedra turning more menacing by the minute, Allison finally understands what she's up against. There's a lot of layers to unpack in this one. There sure are. There's a dead twin. We got a rapey boss. We got a cheaping, fia- cheap, cheaping, a cheating fiance, mm-hmm. um, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But while there's a lot going on, I think for the most part, it definitely it, it weaves everything together, and it makes. Um, every part of the story like more interesting and suspenseful when they all kind of work together like that. I spent most of the movie just waiting for the next insane thing for this crazy roommate to do. And it did not disappoint. Pets get it. Mm, Again. You know, we, we love that. I think it's, this is a good choice to kind of contrast and compare with fatal attraction because it's, it's got the similarities and the vibes, the uneasiness, the suspense, the mentally ill murdery characters, uh, but where it differs is in the dynamics of the characters because this this is a woman who's gained someone's trust not just for a one night stand, right, but for them to be let into their home and um, have access to them at all times, their belongings, just like be in each other's space. You can seduce someone all you want, but be in their living space. Mm. That's skill. That takes something. You gotta mm. be, you gotta be asked to move in, and that's a that's a whole nother level. And it appears that Hedra has absolutely done this before, which leaves you trying to figure out why she's like this. Like, who is this person? Which we obviously, you know, kind of find out with some uh, with some yeah. digging on Allison's part in that little more, shoe yeah. that little shoe box. <laughs> and then uh, once Hedra's kind of wormed her way in, is kind of when the antagonists get similar again um, in that when they're both met with rejection, the way that they react, the moment that Hedra realizes that Allison may not want her to be her bosom buddy forever and she's going to get back together with Sam, that's when it all starts to go awry and she starts to plan for someone else's downfall in order to try and like get this relationship back that she feels like she's entitled to, she's losing, you know, she probably feels like she's finally got this friend in New York and oh, she's so cool. She's got this cool haircut. She's got these cool outfits. I want to be like her, blah, 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 blah. That's when it starts to get real juicy, real fun. A lot of boobs in this one. A lot of action. So many boobs. Full frontal. Full frontal. Right off the... Wow. Uh, kind of right well, off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. For someone who's shy, Hedra sure is showing her boobies a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's a great thriller. I think it's... De- this one is very... I'd say this one's more horror for me because you kind of see... 
Or is it? I don't really know. I guess they're kind of both equal to me in their horror aspects. Towards the end is when it gets very kind of like cat and mouse kind of slasher, trying to kind of hunt each other down, um, which I really liked. But it's also got um, some societal like commentary going on, talking about like, you know, misogyny and like women in the workplace. Um, So it kind of takes it to another level in which they're kind of bonding over. Yeah, there's just a lot of things going on. And I never was I like bored watching this. I thought it was really well paced. It's like an hour and a half. It's not super long. But yeah, I I thought it was enthralling. I thought the characters were great. The actors were good. You know, no Glenn Close, but I thought that Jennifer Jason Leigh was really good. Bridget Fonda. It was just a perfect little 90s thriller. Haircuts and all. Absolutely loved it. Yes. So much. This is, again, I hadn't seen another one. Hadn't seen this since it was out. I, I think I rented this. I don't think I saw it in the theater. Is so much better than I even expected. I was looking forward to seeing it, and this just makes me want to go back and watch The Hand That Rocks the Cradle and Unlawful Entry and Pacific Heights and Malice and all that stuff. Man, I love this stuff. This is, But this is now a little bit different, though, than most of them. This is so close to being like a buddy comedy with it, with the two gals, I mean, this is so close to just Sex in the City. It's it could have yeah. gone a different way. They're going out for ice cream. They're going yep. clothes shopping. The haircut scene, that salon scene. Mm-hmm. Wow, mm-hmm. that is an all time scene, and that's really all I really remembered. I just know that, of course, this movie spawned an expression that is still with us today. Going single white female on them. Yeah. And it's all about that <laughs> hair scene is so good. I was waiting the whole time. Like, yes, it's as good as I remembered it. Uh, roommate from Hell. You know, th- this is tried and true stuff. Definitely a full out horror movie again. I, I think it's a, just a slasher movie. I loved how Hetty starts uh, by the end of it. Hetty's gotten both Allie and the boyfriend, if I not say, addicted to her pills, whatever they are. We never really. I don't think it ever yeah, tells like you what the pills are. Sleeping pills? I don't remember. Something, yeah. relaxation pills. Mm. <laughs> but it, you know, she's slowly, next thing you know, they're both just popping pills all the time. She's got them right in the palm of, uh, of her hand, uh, getting them addicted to these pills. Very, very 90s, but in a way that I loved the, the title card and all the opening credits on that like little white background. What is I don't know what that's called. So 90s, it hurts, though. <laughs> And again, I yeah, I was surprised at how much nudity and how much graphic sex. I mean, they when they filmed the blowjob in 1992, they re- now they really filmed the blowjob. I mean, that on. was really something. I was <laughs> just thinking about the actors. This must have been so uncomfortable. I mean, there's really no. They look like they were having a fine time. I I'm really sure know. they were. Yeah, I guess. Every, <laughs> I mean, with that hairdo, I mean, it could have been any stunt double. I mean, it could have. <laughs> That that's the thing. Once the haircut happens, they really are hard to tell apart, and it gets so it's a disorienting. There are scenes where I'm you know stopping it and going back. Wait, who is that? Ali or is that Hedra? Mm-hmm. I love the name Hedra. I mean, you know how much more Hydra headed can you what, can you get? Oh. Why does she call her Hetty? That's just her nickname. Like Allison's Ali and Hedra's Hetty. Yeah, oh, Hydra, okay. like Hydra, the many-headed Hydra. Right, the right, twin. right. It's so yeah. funny. It's like, okay. like Godzilla. Again, it's a Greek mythology here. <laughs> really, really fun. This is VOD right now. I think we should mention um, Fatal Attraction was Paramount. Yeah. Yes. yes. This is a rental. Well, worth well, it. worth it. I mm-hmm. love this movie. Great pick, Kat. I also loved this movie. This stuff is 
right in my wheelhouse. I guess if you have a girlfriend, you've chances are you've seen Fatal Attraction and Single White Female a few times. <laughs> <laughs> This one's a cautionary tale, <laughs> and well, this could happen to you if you ever have me move out and try no, to get a buddy move in. No, no, yeah. I this is what happens when you get a roommate. If you've ever yeah. had a girlfriend, you've had her get some crazy roommate who tries to break you up. I thought that's where you were. Going no, no. I, I was just saying that, you know, like, these are, this is good date fare. Oh, is yes. what I'm saying. Great date you know, okay. Yes. You're on a date or whatever. Oh, I got a great movie you should watch. <laughs> I feel like the the sexy thrillers are great date movies because they keep you on the edge of your seat, but people are fucking, and it's titillating and exciting, and it's this movie was a total thrill ride as far as that goes. Yeah. The, as far as the haircuts go, I mean, I thought Bridget Fonda looked amazing, and it really put into perspective just how awkward Jennifer Jason Lee's mannerisms Ugh, are in this because she just she looks like Ed Sheeran when she does the the haircut. Oh, I thought Corey Feldman. <laughs> Corey Feldman. <laughs> oh man, we we've talked about a bunch of times the crazy friend, the fast friend. What was the movie? Was it the other invitation or the gift? The, it the was gift. the gift. The gift about the fast friend, right? Who's yes. trying to you know has some beware, sort of ulterior. Beware motive. the fast friend, folks. Yes, but I think J- Jennifer Jason Lee is one of those actors from this time who's just naturally awkward mm. because it, as a teen she played like awkward teen, fast and then, times like, and yeah. then awkward like weird person and like bill pullman was also that it just has all his mannerisms are just very almost like a little jarring uh, but when you get them in a perfect role it really like stands out and I, I thought she was great in this i thought all her like weird like she like moves her jaw around like she's on coke all mm. the time maybe yeah. she is i mean uh, yeah. i don't know but no and she's like touching her face she's always like yeah, yeah. rubbing it's those her pills, cheek cocaine yeah. pills so they're, they're both very detailed and nuanced performances i mm-hmm. think yeah, I, I did like this one less. I noticed it did not. It's not in the headlining spot today. I don't know <laughs> how, what anyone else thought, but Fatal Attraction is kind of the goat. But this yeah. this one is up there. Like I, there was a lot of movies from this era that I liked. Do you guys remember Copycat Mm-mm. with Harry Connick Jr. Yeah, and Sigourney Weaver. And Sigourney oh, Weaver. That, yeah, that wow. was an interesting thriller from this wow. time. Wow, that was Deep more cut. like a it's a good one. I, I've watched that in the last like huh. year or so. That's definitely on streaming somewhere. Yep, it's awesome. Wow, there's like a really memorable uh, public bathroom scene in that movie. <laughs> but that's what, just like slashers, uh, a lot of these movies have that scene uh, that is either sexually titillating, and instead of doing like the thing where like, oh, it's they they put a meat hook in their vagina and hung them up. That's the scene. Oh my god! Uh, instead of that, it's usually some sexy scene, like the basic instinct scene. Mm-hmm. Right? It is it? They kind of went for. Uh, like cult classic status, the Sharon Stone, you know, cro- uncrossing yeah, the legs. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, that yeah. was right, yeah, right. and it's very akin to the way a slasher that's is like laid the, out. The brutal murder scene, right? The brutal yeah. murder scene now yeah. has become. I can't believe they did that sexy scene. Like, yes. look at that vagina yeah. scene. <laughs> Dopp- doppelganger blowjob. Press pause. Scene. Rewind it. Wait, there's the vagina. <laughs> I had never seen this. Oh, Ooh. wow. Nice. So this is the one. I knew that there was one of these that I hadn't seen. And I think the scene in this, Dave, that you were just talking about, it's not even a sexy scene. It's not even a scary scene. It's the haircut. It's when oh. she shows up 
looking exactly like her. That's the only thing I knew from this movie. And yeah. the fact that, yeah. like you mentioned, Trent, single white female is a term that is right. now thrown around. You do yeah. not want that thrown your way, especially no. if you're a roommate or a friend. No. But I'd never seen it. And wow, this is way more horror, I think, than Fatal Attraction. Fatal Attraction might be more realistic horror. And I think all of us in our late teens, 20s, definitely let people into our apartments way too easily. I know I did. Mm-hmm. I have yeah, a sure. thousand, you know, stories of like, fuck, that person lives here now and I have to get rid of them. <laughs> Not quite at Jennifer came Jason over, Lee's level. Came I over am. for a party. It's, it's you Tuesday. Here now. Yeah. <laughs> I still hear. Yeah, you're like on? 80 bucks short on rent. You rent. You're like, ah, oh, yeah, you can take the couch. Can you help us make rent this month? And now you live here. Um, I thought this was far more horror and not just because it's there's a lot more like gore and death. Uh, it's also more implausible than Fatal Attraction. I think Fatal Attraction works and is, is the GOAT because it's so believable every step of the way. This one jumps the shark a little bit and goes oh, yeah. full horror oh, where yeah. it's like, all right, now like, but it, it made me chuckle. Like I was yeah. actually like, this is kind of awesome. I never thought Buddy comedy like you did but i was like this is getting like so ridiculous like i can't wait to see what jennifer jason lee does next. there's a number of shark jumps in this yeah. and both movies i thought were a little bit long this one was a yep. little bit long both movies have like three different endings like fatal mm. attraction has a couple points where i thought it was ending mm-hmm. and it didn't and not not the classic michael myers scene that we talked about jason this before w- he's seen right Oh yeah, Vor- yeah, or like Scream. Right. It, yeah. Glenn Close, the end of Fatal Attraction is basically they're never dead. Yeah, They're never dead until you Loomis see Brain. Until you see Brain, don't stop. Yes, <laughs> this one I was like, holy shit, what an ending! And then it's like, oh nope, and, oh my god, what an ending, nope. And then oh oh my god, like <laughs> just kept going. I did appreciate like all the layers that you mentioned, Cat. Like I loved finding out like. When you find out there's a twin, even that has a twist to it where mm-hmm. you're like, oh, Jesus, she killed her twin. But then there's this whole like survivor's guilt and redemption arc and like all this yeah. layer into <laughs> that. I thought it was super interesting that you kind of discovered that she's done this before. And there's that great check mm. cashing scene where yes. like the, the woman at the check cashing place has like the blonde bob. And, you know, Hetty just right. very, uh, oh, maybe I'll go blonde next time. And you're like, oh, like I get goosebumps <laughs> just saying yeah. it like, oh, you're next. Uh, I thought it was interesting that Hetty's dad was still in the picture. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you got yeah. this really mentally ill woman that's out there obviously has gone through a lot it's not handling it particularly well but her dad is still there and sending her money but she's still getting the checks yeah, yeah she's yeah. still getting those checks <laughs> trustee. Uh, and, she's a trustee yeah um and but honestly the probably the most unnerving scene that happened so quickly that i had to stop it and rewind it is like somewhere around the third or fourth ending of the film uh hetty brings an empty suitcase or yes. goes down into the basement to get an empty suitcase. Yeah. But she gets in it real quick first yeah. and then jumps out and just goes upstairs. It's like three seconds long. Love and it. And I was like, what the fuck is she doing? Right, and she then gonna I was hide like, in there? Oh my oh. God, she fits in there, which means I was like, that is so sinister. Allie would fit in there. Like, just so yeah. casually. She's just a ho hum. I got to go to the basement and get Doop something. Hmm, let's see. Yep, I fit in that one. Let's go upstairs and kill a bitch. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was. 
just really, really well done. Yeah, uh, yeah, this was awesome. I was sitting there the whole time. I kept pausing it and going and telling my wife, like, this movie rules. Like, yeah, we all saw it in the 90s, dude. Yeah. Like, I'm like, but this movie rules. Late to the party. <laughs> so, yeah, perfect pairing. Um, this was this was great. I was totally ready to be like, Kat, what are you doing? Well, and now I'm like, Kat, what are you doing? Why am Brilliant. I not picking erotic thrillers every every week yeah that could that that could get tired well i just want to say i think this is my first perfect week around the table i don't know if it's your first but it's one of few i (laughs) think perfect week everybody yeah thank you thank you thank you thanks this both these movies i pray into a irrational fear i have of being attacked while in the bathroom Mm. Yeah. Yes. There's a lot of bathroom fighting in this. Yeah. Yeah. Not even safe in the commode. <laughs> but they're oh. always like showering or do something sexy, like lotioning their legs. It's not what I picture <laughs> if I get attacked in the bathroom. <laughs> You're going to be all slippery. Dump, <laughs> pants around your ankles, craps halfway <laughs> out. You're like, oh. <laughs> I really liked how there's this, there's a dynamic where, yes, Hetty's crazy, but. She's also kind of providing something real to Allie that Allie needs. Allie is the classic pushover, pathetic, walked-on girlfriend. She plays it so well. This guy, no matter what he does, even when she's she's kicking him out after she finds out he's sleeping with his ex-wife and he's on his way out the door, well, I sent you a letter. Well, I never got your letter. You know, he's out the door and then she's like, well, what did it say? Oh my god! Oh my god! I was like, you who cares dumb, about dumb, the letter? Stop, shut up! Get him out of here! Don't! Yeah. Oh, classic, classic stuff. And so, Hetty. So, there's a number of scenes where, like, Hetty gets revenge for the sexual harassment, the assault, really, or the attempted assault that happens with um, uh, Tobolski, mm-hmm. and, and does other. Is that things. the computer guy? The the guy? Yeah, the dude from Groundhog, Groundhog Day. Day. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Ed like, Bryerson. Yeah. yeah. Ned Bryerson? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so she, at the same time that she is, you know, crazy and, and possibly going to kill her, she is, you know, they're kind of two sides of a personality coin. They almost need each other a little bit. She does actually do a lot of stuff for her, and I like that whole scene where she's she does that classic kind of bipolar or, or borderline, I guess, personality thing where... She goes from idealizing to devaluing back and forth. And so one minute, I, and Glenn Close does that too. One mm-hmm. minute, I love you. You're the greatest thing ever. And the next minute, you're pathetic. You're oh, disgusting. Yeah. You make me sick. Or like in the basement when she's like, she's like, oh, come over. She's like, I know you're in here. It's just like back and forth and back and forth. Yeah. And then <laughs> this is a funny, like the computer scene that you guys are talking about when she's like, oh, you can do things on this machine. Like you can order like plane tickets or something like that. She's like, yeah. You can do whatever. She's like, oh, okay. And then she's just like typing to like 911. That was a funny 90s moment. But in that moment, it's like very similar where she was just like, as soon as Allison was like, no, I just, I love you. And like kisses her. She's like, okay, sounds good. I'm like, you stupid. You stupid. Well, you know, you have, you know, you have your Jason versus Freddy and you have your alien versus Predator or whatever. You could combine these two movies. Oh. And the guy, the guy, Ooh. the woman who's having the affair with a guy is Glenn Close. Alex wow. versus Teddy. Right. Oh. And then they all come together at the end. I'd watch I like that it. boxing match. <laughs> I do like it. Another Spe- alternate. And the, the, the fiance in this, Bridget Fonda, Bridget Fonda's fiance. Steven Weber. 
dude, he gets it. That was so unexpected. Uh, death well, by Stiletto. He, he gets it in a yeah, really good it. way. <laughs> he gets it a few <laughs> times. He gets in it in like a, whoa, did not see that coming. We're yeah. on like a pretty good run of like eye gouging mm. uh, yeah. week to week here. So be curious to see what next week brings. I really liked how subtle some of the flirting was between the fi- between Ali's fiance, Stephen Weber, and Hetty where every time Allie turns around, all of a sudden Hetty's making this guy breakfast and she's standing in the doorway of his room with her, her shirt isn't buttoned. It's not open, but it's oh. not buttoned. And oh, scrambled eggs. And then she even kind of goes for him when she's crying. He's trying to comfort her and she goes for him and he goes away, but he doesn't exactly push her off of him. No, he's not like, like ew, gross. Eh, he's you like, you might blow down. me later. Let's find out what happens. And you know, she... <laughs> Tricks him with a haircut, but does she trick him? Uh, you would. I'm sorry. I don't care how dark it is in that room. You yeah, know. You know. You know. And then you have that fatal attraction moment where, all of a sudden, as soon as they've finished the sexual act, she's like, "Well, Allie's going to be pissed when she finds out about this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she finds out about what? It's, like, it's the post nut clarity. You know what I mean? So sad. Allie's just going to be shattered that I just blew you. <laughs> Sorry about it. <laughs> so you yeah, were super interested crazy. in the Piranha sequel last week. Are you interested in the sequel to this movie, Trent? You mean single white female two, the psycho? <laughs> Direct to video from two thousand and five? Yeah. No. No. Oh, mid aughts Damn, so we're not gonna get a synopsis in this next week. No, it's all uh, was Kristen someone? It's no names that I, I have no idea. Nobody I recognize. It just was a total direct to video. I don't even know why they bothered. This was a moderate success. It was a cultural yeah, 184, phenomenon. Like Sixteen million dollar budget, eighty four million dollars? I'm kind oh, of su- 84. I said 184. Yeah, 84. Uh, yeah, that's kind I mean, of surprised. Again, this is early 90s money. That's not yeah, bad. I'm, I'm kind of surprised there wasn't more of a sequel than that, you know, The Psycho 10 years, <laughs> 10 years later, 12 years later. And the director, Barbette Schroeder. Barbette. Interesting yeah. guy. Barbette Schroeder. Yeah, yeah Murder Swiss. by Numbers. So you mentioned Copycat, oh. a jam that I loved. Sandra Bullock, Murder oh, by Numbers. Ryan Gosling. Gos- oh, early my God. Ryan Gosling. The other kid, um, shit, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He's a creepy, fantastic, creepy guy funny games from remake. Funny Games. Yeah, yeah, with the haircut. Um, yeah, Murder by Numbers is awesome. Schroeder oh, okay. directed that one, too. That's a fantastic one. I was looking at his filmography. I just recognized Barfly with Mickey Rourke. That was kind of mm, loosely Bukowski. based on Bukowski. He also, um, Schroeder made a, a documentary, interview documentary, the, the Charles Bukowski Tapes which is just an interview with Bukowski. He directed Reversal of Fortune. Remember well, that? If we, we want to get Cat back in line, he also acted in the movie Mars Attacks. Yes, he <gasps> did. Yes, he did. Um, he Critically in, acclaimed, uh, wonderful <laughs> film, Mars Attacks, that everyone in this room pan. loved. He acted in... <laughs> Universally um, podcast pan. Darjeeling Limited. Oh. And he acted in Beverly Hills Cop 3. He also directed Kiss of Death with David Caruso, we talked about recently, and Nick Cage. Wow. Yeah, guy's done some stuff. Really actually interesting guy. He's uh, the Swiss filmmaker born in Iran and began his career in 60s French film. All kinds of different stuff. Really interesting to read about that guy. Well, and the writer of this movie, Don Ruse. Yeah. If we want to keep talking about the pets getting it, that asshole wrote the movie Mar- Marley and Me. Yes, oh, Marley and Me. no. Would go on to write Boys on the Side. Uh, Diabolique was known as kind of writing these strong female characters, and he directed a couple. He directed Bounce. With, with Ben Affleck and uh, Gwyneth <laughs> Paltrow. You really want to keep bringing up Affleck movies I'm, this week. What are you, Afflecking? Keeps popping up. Just well, say it. There's a sequel I think I saw that none of you guys have mentioned called 
something multiple white females, and it's this—it's a kind of like the the other sequel, <laughs> the anal attraction. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were watching Fatal Attraction and kind of noticing the score, uh, which is fantastic. It's like Very, super giallo. But the, the Fatal Attraction score, yes, yes. But the the music for Single White Female was done by Howard Shore. We've talked about Howard Shore a shit ton. We've done just the movies that we've done alone, like The Brood, Scanner, Silence of the Lambs, Seven, The Game, Speaking of Douglas, Crimes of the Future, did the Lord of the Rings stuff with Jackson. But the cinematography for this movie was done by Luciano Tavoli, who did Suspiria, Tenebrae, and then I've never seen this Argento gem, Dracula 3D. Have, yeah. I haven't seen but that anyway, one. both of these movies, <laughs> d- like although we're debating like like how rooted in horror they are, they both gave me super Jalo vibes. Yeah, and definitely. It makes, I was I was definitely. not surprised when I was looking yeah. it up to see that somebody with an Argento background yeah. shot this movie. That makes sense. You mentioned keep thinking that it was over, over and over again. I I did read uh, an article from when this came out. There was a couple stories about reshoots were becoming more and more common in Hollywood or at least more talked about in the press and Schroeder the director said that he did a reshoot just for technical reasons of the end of this movie and he said that by the time he got to do that he had to do it but by the time he got there he had a bunch more money and he had a bunch more time and so he added he said he added a, a beat or two to that climax to make okay. it even crazier to just he piled on a couple extra turns at the end, and it makes sense when you're watching it because it just keeps. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't mad, but I, like I said, I was laughing. Like, holy yeah, shit. it's very funny. <laughs> By the time they're in the basement, it's like that's just good. Ooh, but let's talk about the basement. That she's like a bat. That was the the oh, coolest yeah. end scene when she's like super <laughs> horror. That's what got me. Yeah, I thought thought for sure going to jump out of that like arm the wall bureau, or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. okay, here we go. But no, she's like full on gymnastics mode. Loved it. Loved it. Next week, checking out two films written and directed by the Japanese filmmaker Kiyoshi Kurosawa, starting with a movie called Cure from 1997, which is on Criterion or VOD. Also going to check out a movie from 2001 called Pulse. That is on Prime, Tubi, and all over the place.